battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron sword. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hi everybody, how you doing? Thanks for coming back to the show. Uh, Looks like a few of us will be heading back to work soon. I see that some areas are lifting their stay-at-home orders, and uh, I've seen some some postings that a few different piercers, a few different shops are going to be back to work soon. So whether you agree or or disagree with that, uh, I think we can all say that we we wish nothing but health and safety and and good fortune to everyone who will be returning to work. Uh, I myself will not be returning to work for quite some time. New Hampshire just extended their stay-at-home order from May 4th to May 31st, so I'll be home for a couple weeks more at the, the very minimum. Uh, one thing that I think a lot of us were looking forward to and uh, will be canceled is the APP's conference. They just recently announced that this year's conference in Las Vegas will be canceled due to uh, coronavirus, and I completely support that decision. Uh, I saw a little bit of criticism online, but it's it's from the exact same people who criticize everything, and after a while, you just kind of stop listening. Uh, I know that the decision to cancel conference was not something that you can do um, overnight. Uh, To put on conference is a a multi-year process for dozens of people. Um, So you can't just shut that down overnight also. So there were some contract negotiations. Uh, The APP had a a roughly $200,000 deposit on the line for it. And uh, even though I'm pretty sure the board knew uh, weeks ago that conference probably wasn't going to happen, it's not like they can just say, uh, oh yeah, no biggie, just keep our 200 grand. It's a negotiation process to make sure that they can cancel conference for the safety of the attendees, uh, but that they can also try to get back their deposit for the uh, the safety and the, the financial security of the Association of Professional Piercers. So uh, I commend the work of the board and officers and administrator. I'm sure it was a, a difficult task to get conference closed down uh, when you had spent the last however long uh, making sure that conference was ready to go. So I appreciate your hard work. Uh, We're going to get into this interview with Aaron Pollock, but first I really just want to say uh, something quick about uh, Jim Ward and Gauntlet and uh, some special merchandise that uh, that Jim will be releasing. Jim had plans to release uh, a a cool t-shirt and uh, a pocket hanky and a sticker featuring really cool artwork that that Jim drew in the 70s for some gauntlet promotional material. Uh, lots of different body piercings, genital piercings, uh, pen and ink style drawings that were that were done by Jim Ward himself. So uh, Jim has decided to do a, a pre-order and will ship out uh, as much of that that material, as much of that merch as possible. For right now, it's it's U.S. shipping only. I saw some people being critical of that. Also, you have to realize that um, Jim is not a, a spring chicken, um, so he is in a higher risk category um, for uh, various health reasons and not really appropriate to send Jim Ward to uh, a post office to stand in line to fill out customs orders to send out t-shirts and hankies to, to different parts of the world. So it's definitely a bummer. 
if you want to get some of that stuff uh, readily uh, available for shipping in the United States because that's something where you can just kind of print out the postage at home and just put it outside in a box and the, the post office will come pick it up. So no problem for Jim to do that safely. But if you live outside of the U.S., if you live in Canada, Europe, wherever, uh, you can still get this stuff, but maybe talk to a, a U.S. piercer friend. Have it shipped to them and then have it uh, reshipped on to you. Uh, I think it's really important that even though conference isn't going to happen, that we still try to support all those different people who uh, really get a lot from conference, whether it's personal energy and it's just a, a big event for them uh, in a year, or whether it's different companies that are going to be showcasing new products or some of the people that we really have to thank for our industry people like Jim Ward uh, conference and, and selling merch and, and selling things like that are a, a big supplement to someone's income so you really don't want someone to miss out on that opportunity because conference isn't there anymore so uh, I went online I went to runningthegauntlet-book.com and uh, I got myself a, a shirt uh, I bought myself a hanky for all the different staff members in my studio just to give them a, a little gift for uh, their patience in, in this tough time. Uh, and I wanted to get all that stuff just to just to have it as like a historical item. Um, I love those pen and ink drawings of, of body piercings from the 70s and 80s. So I really wanted to have that as a, a keepsake for myself. So uh, you can go ahead and check all that stuff out. And it goes to directly support the founder of our industry, Jim Ward. So uh, again, you can go to runningthegauntlet-book.com. You can pick up all that uh, really fantastic merch. And if you're outside of the U.S., maybe link up with a, a piercer friend of yours and uh, have them ship it on to you so that you can get that stuff worldwide and, and help support Jim Ward. So for now, let's go ahead and get into that uh, interview with Aaron Pollock, and I'll be back a bit more at the end. Hello, I'm Aaron Pollock. I'm the secretary for the Association of Professional Piercers and full-time pre-pandemic piercer at Dandelion Tattoo and Body Piercing in San Antonio, Texas. And now you're a couch potato. And now I am a grand consumer of potato chips and video games and hanging out with my wife and dogs all day. Do you ever do you ever try do you ever try to separate yourself from the existential dread of like loss of income, loss of momentum, loss of career and just and just kind of stop and think like I kind of like my home life. I don't like being restricted to just my home life, but I like my home life. You know, I think uh I think early on one of the hardest things for me to cope with uh was that like five days a week, I went and did something that multiple people a day told me, like like customers, you know, be like, "Wow, this is so great! You're so awesome! This is fantastic! It didn't even hurt! You're the best! I'll be back, whatever." And then to go from like uh, like five days a week of that pure validation to uh, sitting at my house feeling kind of unproductive was kind of a mental block I had to get over. Um, but once I got over it, I realized that that. It is really, really awesome to be able to spend this much time with my wife. Um, I love her so much, and it's been a blast just to get to hang out with her more. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that was uh, that is definitely something I've come to appreciate. Um, also, no pants ever. <laughs> it's been great. I, I straight up have uh, – I tried to put on blue jeans the other day, and I was like, whoa, too many potato chips. But like basketball shorts and sarongs have been pretty much all I've been wearing. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, – I'm on like an undefeated streak for not wearing socks. I, I don't think I've worn socks in probably six weeks at this point. Nice. Yeah. 
Nice, yeah. Socks are tools of the oppressor. <laughs> uh, my feet just need to be free. That's right, ma'am. Um, well, so conference is is one of the bigger the bigger issues going on right now. I mean, it's it's difficult to really even talk about one big issue because then you step back and you realize that there's like ten big issues, but. <laughs> You know, I, I yep. think conference is one really significant issue for, for piercers right now because uh, conference season is traditionally around uh, late spring, early summer, which is where we're at right now. Uh, there there was a conference scheduled. There were massive amounts of plans. Like, I, I remember uh, being involved in planning for this conference at last year's conference like that's how long the board and all of you have been working on all this behind the scenes and uh there are uh, also I'll, let me stop you there you know i think yes uh the majority of the planning started that year but if you remember even further back from when you were on the board oh God, two yeah. years ago two years maybe even a little bit longer than two years ago is when planning for this conference actually started mm -hmm. because that's when we signed contracts that's when we had to go out and scout locations that's when we had to start planning for new classrooms new areas and like even in the same hotel year to year different spaces are available or not available depending on where you're at and so like every every single you know we start planning a conference two to three years out and then that plan constantly gets worked on overlapping with the conferences that are closer sure and to talk about moving parts like well we're going we're gonna to get around to the decision to cancel it and maybe some of the, the criticisms that, that have been connected to that or the questioning of um, when the decision was made and blah, blah, blah. But to talk about some of the moving parts, uh, yeah, you have somebody, you the APP hires a professional to scout various hotels and uh, give us pertinent information about what's available logistically so that the the board can can make it I don't know I, I just instinctively say we still but you all um, uh, can sweet you remember well yeah uh, read all that that data pick a place uh, and then once that happens then it's like okay now the real work starts because then it's vendors and and, and selecting uh, curriculum and who's going to instruct that curriculum and then all like the different travel logistics for those people and then there's there are scholars and volunteers and uh, teamsters and all you know all all those different moving parts uh and then even on top of all that you have the hotel with like the the host venue which like their business model is selling you a space contracting you for that space and, and getting your money for that space uh they're they're first priority from what I've been hearing about Las Vegas in the news is not necessarily like safety first. I think a lot of it is still kind of bottom bottom line first. So you get kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place where, yes, there's, there's the obvious, the very, very obvious safety concern uh, to attendees and instructors and all the ancillary staff. Uh, but then you have a contract that was signed two years ago that says we're going to give you X amount of money for this this service, this space, or whatever. Um, so, is there anything that you wanted to talk about for that stuff, just to give people a perspective first before we kind of start talking about the conversation to cancel it? 
Um, I think you know you pretty much covered it, but I think that another thing people have to realize is that it's not just the hotel and the board of directors. You know, this is this is a full time job for our administrator. Our administrator's only you know uh, 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 overarching job throughout the year is ensuring that our conference is uh, happening and profitable and a way uh, to keep the organization healthy and to keep spreading that health and safety message. Sure. So it's you know it's it's Caitlin's full time job. Well, let me uh, let me. It's a lot of moving parts. Let me clarify on that a little bit too because. It's it's difficult to fully articulate Caitlin's job because she is like a linchpin of so many different aspects of it. But Caitlin, the board board members come and go, board officers come and go. Uh, but Caitlin has been working on whatever conference whatever conference is to people uh, professionally socially. She's been part of that for over a decade, you know. Um, and that's literally what she does for her full-time job and just little, little parts of it, like me being involved in the scholarship committee, like that was a three month process for just that one aspect of conference. Just, just selecting a, a dozen scholars was a three month process. And you have to realize how many other, you know, there, there's a staff of what, 50 volunteers that get wrangled. There's an entire mentor program that, that Kale is running there's all kinds of stuff like going on behind the scenes, so it's like it's massive work on so many people. But anyway, I just wanted to, I wanted to touch base on that. But yeah, there's yeah, all absolutely. kinds of other factors that are completely outside of the control of body piercers. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. It's a, it's a big. It takes a big team, a lot of time, and a lot of passion, and a lot of sweat to get it done. So uh, when this happened, I think a lot of people didn't look at the long-term side of it. I remember just before the closure, I was gearing up to do uh, the Boston Tattoo Convention. And when I came home, it was maybe like two weeks out. I, I came home from a trip just before closure. And uh, the convention was maybe two weeks out. And then they said, well, okay, we're not really sure what's going to happen. And then it was, okay, it's canceled, um, but we're going to just, we're going to do it in July. We're just going to postpone it. So they, they said, hey, do you want to just um, bump it over to a booth for July or do you want to hold off until next year? And it's like I just had this sensation of there's no way mm -hmm. that you're going to be able to have a successful, safe, fun uh, tattoo convention in in the summer if this is happening in the spring, you know. But I, I was still in the mentality of like, well, my shop's only going to be closed for two weeks, for four weeks or something like that. And then you you, saw, you kind of thought of conference as this like uh, unblockable thing. Like, well, it's conference, of course. You know, we're it's a piercing conference and we're piercers and we're the, <laughs> we're the cleanest pe people in the world. We could probably teach all these other people how to be so safe because we're piercers. Um, but then I think a, you get a couple of weeks into it and then people start thinking like, well, shit, is conference going to happen? So is there any insight you can give as to what the thought process was was like with the board and when you, you all had to kind of start really looking at the, the, the concepts of maybe canceling or postponing? So, um, you know, that's uh, an interesting thing uh, happened with this outbreak. And that's, you know, you mentioned the Boston Tattoo Convention. That was happening two weeks after the closure. So it – 
you have something like this popping off and you have immediate large events that are right then being canceled, but nobody could see into the future. Nobody knows what shape a pandemic is going to take, what shape a uh, uh, a governing body is going to take in response, um, and, and the future sh- is a moving target, right? At one that's incredibly difficult to hit. We were looking at all options from day one. Uh, that's, that's all you can do is consider – Best case, worst case scenario, and every scenario in between. Um, and and we had to, you know, our primary objective was ensuring that that it that our that all of our events are, you know, uh, manageable, um, safe, and fall into the mission statement, um, the which is you know the dissemination of health and safety information. Uh, that the the we were in contact with the hotel daily since closures started and by we i mean um primarily paul paul does the majority of the negotiations with the hotel because he has the longest relationship with them as an administrator and just so i want to clarify that it's it's paul king the app treasurer that you're talking about yeah yeah yep uh so so he's been in contact with the hotels you you know daily this isn't something that um, this isn't like canceling a reservation at a at a at a restaurant. You know, it, it's something that that just as convoluted as planning conferences um, on the ground, all these things have to be considered contractually. Mm-hmm. So, uh, something that I want to compare it to would be like um, like flights, which is something that. I had a lot of experience with in a very short period as far as uh, cancellations and what cancellation policies meant to my credit card statement. Um, so, you know, in those first couple of weeks, because I'm, I'm a heavy traveler, so in those first couple of weeks, um, flights were canceled and it was just like, oh yeah, uh, we're going to cancel no uh, no issues about refunds like you just instantly bam refund no problem because it, they had to they had to make the decision to cancel because of of safety but then i was looking at other flights that were booked weeks or months out you know like when when it was the first 2 weeks of the closure yeah everything was getting canceled for safety but then you start thinking well what about this trip in 6 weeks and what about this trip in 8 weeks oh, and yeah. Uh, as they started to come up, I had the option in my cancellation policy where it was like, okay, I can click the cancel button now, but I am responsible for any sort of cancellation fees, you know, potentially not getting any of my money back. Um, but then, uh, you know, I feel like the, the airlines did the right thing. Hotels did the right thing. And they just said, we're just going to cancel. Don't worry about anything. You're going to get a full refund. You know, we, we understand. Um, and that and took I, time for the for the airlines to negotiate their contracts with fuel providers, with airliners, with with airports, with sure. you know the with the uh, with the federal regulation bodies. Like all those things had to be reviewed before they could give word to the end customer. Mm-hmm. That's just the way that business works in this country. So, you know, as as I think that. The closure started to stretch out where, where people saw, like, this isn't a two-week problem. This might not even just be a two-month problem. This is a, this is a, this is a 2020 problem. Uh, so then, you know, you start to see international uh, instructors and international attendees start to drop off because of travel restrictions. You start to notice domestic instructors and attendees 
uh, start to drop off because they just don't want to travel. Maybe they have uh, compromised immune systems and they they don't want to put themselves in that 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 environment. So mm-hmm. um, all those things happen, and then I think you start to get. You know, okay, body piercers. Um, a lot of us have very strong opinions when it comes to health and safety. I, I'm sure that a lot of us come from a place of just wanting to protect people, uh, but they also come from a place of wanting to make sure that their opinion is heard. Um, you started to get, I'm sure, a lot of criticism uh, for not being able to just flip that switch and say, like, oh, yeah, conference is off. But I would imagine that the negotiations to switch conference off were 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 going on for weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know, the negotiations for uh, not only this year, but like we're we're already planning uh, for changes to 2021 that mm-hmm. reflect what may be going on in response to COVID in 2021. The board doesn't think this is a 2020 problem. The board thinks this is probably a, a, a forever problem, but definitely we're going to have to see some of these same uh, I, I don't think we won't be social distancing in 2021. You know what I mean? Like, I think that we'll still be going to the grocery stores and standing six feet apart. Like, I think that maybe that culture in America has just changed, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, you know, it's uh, criticism comes all the time, no matter what you do. And in a time when everybody's stressed about their communities and about their, about their, you know their own health, about their own livelihoods. You can expect criticism to ramp up. It's a natural human reaction to sure. fear. Um, so I can't say that I blame anybody who who threw critique or criticism our way. Um, I uh, I do understand where that comes from. Sure. I just try to think from someone who had the perspective of being in those conversations and and doing some of that work for a while. Uh, I see it as it's something difficult for for you all to be able to put down because now the conversation is like, well, okay, now, now what do we offer? What can we offer? And then what what gets held over, postponed, or just outright canceled? So I'd imagine those those conversations are all equally difficult. Yeah. So a lot of things are are uh, being change due to current events all, all app in-person events that means board meetings that means camp app um that means you know volunteer meetings that are in person so a lot of things we're working on contingency plans for even like the the members meeting in las vegas every year we still need to do that so we're having to figure out kind of how everything should work that is the safest and the most fluid moving forward as you know um the APP has been doing a series of webinars uh, and helping provide platforms for sister organizations to do webinars. Uh, so we're excited about that. That's been a lot of fun and a great turnout. Um, yeah, we're just kind of excited to see what kind of new solutions this problem forces us to come up with. I know a lot of people are really disappointed because they, they look forward to conference, but uh, I, I, I'm very confident that uh, you know there will be future conferences. Uh, but I, what I'm really excited about is all the new all the new contacts that people can make now. Uh, Zoom, I think a lot of people were, were sleeping on the concept of that. I know that uh, different committees and stuff were messing around with Google Hangouts and doing different like uh, web conferencing. But now, 
this online curriculum, uh, I think it's going to be huge for us. And I, I don't think that's, and I say us as like body piercers, as an industry. Uh, I, I don't think a lot of us really thought that so many different people in so many different places were going to be this hungry for education. Uh, I think maybe during the first week or two, it was more of like a comfort food for piercers. And now I, I think people are starting to see it as like real viable education, uh, being able to see what you know well put together classes look like and being able to put that out there i think it's going to inspire a whole new generation of piercers and, and piercer education oh absolutely and being able to actually stress test these platforms for our needs and see how well information can be it changes how you teach you know from doing in-person classes and webinars and you know classes at conference and your own private courses these things um, all require different teaching styles, different presentation styles, different ways of conveying this information. And it's been a really neat way um, for different instructors to kind of round out how they present. Uh, it's it's really cool to see people adapting. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would probably imagine that a lot of different vendors are going to be uh, trying to put out maybe digital events for jewelry rollouts or uh, different stuff like that. I, I've been seeing that people are going to take some of the content that they've been producing for, for conference. And I don't mean like classes. I mean like displays and new jewelry lines and all that stuff. And they're probably going to be launching the, you know digital campaigns or, or events or something like that. I think that all that could be really cool to, to see. Um, I think it's really cool that Jim Ward is still going to release his uh, Gauntlet Limited Edition uh, hanky and, and all that stuff. I ordered a whole bunch of those, so I'm just going to get my dick hanky soon. Nice, nice, nice. Send me one. Oh, buy your own, man. <laughs> <laughs> now, only if we could figure out how to pierce people over Zoom. Uh, well, so that that's a cool thing to think about is, uh, you know, our, our industry is not something that can just be replaced by Amazon. So uh, our, our industry will be waiting for us. It, it will look different. Uh, than than it did before we closed, but it's it's still going to be there. Yeah, yeah, I think for uh, for a lot of shops and a lot of piercers, it definitely will be. Mm. So, what else do you what else do you want to talk about? We we kind of blew through the conference yeah, conversation. Have we done the conference conversation. Okay, so just as a general announcement, our next conference will be in July of next year. Um, we'll be excited to see everybody then, uh, and we will have all of our plans in place to make that conference uh, a, a really big event that is safe and accessible and a lot of fun. We certainly are going to miss uh, – I know I'm going to miss conferences this year a lot, uh, but I'm excited to, to have it next year. Yeah, I just don't think conference would have been the same this year uh, if for no reason other than I wouldn't have been able to go to any buffets in Las Vegas. <laughs> so, right, yeah, we would have missed out on that. Yeah, might as well just cancel the whole thing. <laughs> so, uh, you know, a question I asked you before we really got rolling is, um, are you doing anything to take care of yourself? Because I, I'm friends with most of the people that are that are having these these difficult conversations, uh, a lot of people on the board and everything like that, and it seems like you're all really, really pushing yourselves hard, burning the candle at both ends. So, uh, have you been doing anything for yourself? Uh, well. Well, luckily, I uh, I work with an extremely uh, motivated um, and hardworking uh, 
so my my quarantine time has been uh, a little bit easier than I kind of expected it to be. Um, I am enjoying uh, time catching up on some shows and playing some board games. I've been learning harmonica. Uh, I've been playing around on du- Duolingo a little bit, trying to keep my mind active. Um, a project I'm really excited about is I uh, I have uh, helped found a uh, a new nonprofit. It's called the Automotive Free Clinic. It provides uh, automotive diagnostic and small repairs to uh, people who can't necessarily afford them. Um, This is based out of Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, Alabama has no public transportation system to speak of, um, and so this will help provide people uh, mechanic uh, services on a pay-what-you-can basis. It's modeled after the free clinic Berkeley in Berkeley, California that provides pay-what-you-can healthcare services uh, for the community, and that's what we're trying to do, but for cars. What a sweetheart. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. We have a shop. Uh, we have a mechanic. We have a Patreon. If you'd like to donate, get in touch with me. Uh, and we are slated to be able to start offering some uh, repairs in June. That's so nice. It's so nice. Uh, I I enjoy that um, some people could just spend the entire time basically just being stoned or drunk or in their pajamas or just you know watching uh, like binging a show on netflix like the entire time but then a lot of other people are trying to think of what they can do to make other people's lives a little bit easier because you know that when things are really difficult especially in a scenario like this it's not difficult for just you it's difficult for a lot of other people Um, so if you can do something to make it even just a little bit easier for one other person like that's totally worth doing and it's amazing to hear that you're that you're finding the time to do that, uh, especially when your energy is probably maybe a little bit lower than you'd like it to be. My energy and motivation many times are much lower than what I would like them to be. Uh, but I think that one thing um, that this is showing us here in the States especially is that uh, you can't always get help from the state uh, when you need it, and we've got to develop some processes and some communities within our own communities that help each other. Mm. Uh, mutual aid is the name of the game in times like these so all right i'm going to ask you some uh quarantine questions what has been your favorite uh netflix show Ooh, okay uh so we watched waco uh that was i just finished that fantastic yeah it was really really good um, I just started Ozark because everybody's been telling me to. The new I'm season, too... or were, did no, you I'm watch starting it? it. I'm starting it from the beginning. I've I haven't. Uh, I haven't watched the new season yet, but I watched the first two seasons. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm about two episodes into the first season, and I'm enjoying it. I'm doing yeah. another run through Trailer Park Boys. Uh, oh, I love love Trailer Park Boys. No, you see, there's uh, in the intro, there's this cat that walks across the screen. It makes a little cat noise, and it makes my dogs like freak out every time they think there's a cat behind the tv uh so that's that's really why i watch it uh but yeah mostly uh mostly waco and uh and uh trailer park boys and i'm gonna get pretty heavy into ozark i think yeah oh, lock and key i watched lock and key and it lock and key i've heard that name but i don't know what it is what's lock and key 
It's on Netflix. It's uh, based on a comic book. Um, good, good comic book. Not one of my favorites. Not one I even like delve too deep into. But an okay comic. Uh, but the TV show is really good. It's got a, it's got a Stranger Things kind of vibe to it. Hmm. It's kind of uh, doesn't have quite like they don't, they don't like hard hand the '80s, '90s nostalgia into you like Stranger Things does. But it's yeah. kind of like you know kids in an improbable situation uh, doing what they can. Hmm. I, I watched Lola had never seen Stranger Things. I watched season one of Stranger Things with her, and I don't know that that she loved it because I think she ha- it had been talked up so much because everybody was Stranger Things, Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely suffers from a little bit of overhype. I think. Yeah. Uh, what about food? Have you been cooking anything, or are you not so much a cooking guy? Um. So luckily, Joanna uh, does a great job at cooking. Uh, so I wash the dishes, and let me tell you, I've never been more sick of washing dishes in my life <laughs> um, with how much we're eating at home. Uh, but I make pizza. Uh, I really enjoy making pizza. Uh, I make Detroit-style pizza, which I learned from Jeff Saunders, and it's just fantastic. Uh, and I have been – I have a quarantine sandwich that's like for you know 2 a.m. when I uh, am hungry for some unexplained reason. Right. Um, and it's, uh, it's going to sound disgusting, but it's fantastic, I promise you. It's uh, peanut butter and honey um, with Louisiana hot sauce and sweet onion potato chips on the sandwich. Uh, and it's yeah, that, just that sounds great. terrible. Yeah, it's great though. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's my that's my disgusting quarantine food. Well, that's good. I mean, uh, yeah, just fuck it, man. Like, you know, I, I I tried to eat pretty healthy for quite a while, and I felt like I was doing pretty good. Uh, and during quarantine, it's just like it's okay. You don't have to be super super health person every day. Uh, just make sure you eat something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing. Eating something. Yeah, eating something. It's an adult skill. Um, so when when do you – do you have a, a guesstimate on when you think you'll be back to work? Um, I don't really at the moment. Um, I kind of know like where our uh, plans as far as Dandyland are. Um, I don't really know what an exact date is yet. I, I know that uh, – uh, the, my employers at Dandyland, um, their number one priority is, is the health and safety of the staff and people who come in the shop. Um, and they have made no bones about that. So we will be back to work when it's safe to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic and say early to mid June for me, but it's the same kind of thing. Like for me on, what is this? May third that that we're recording this or mm-hmm. may 2nd may 2nd we're recording second, this on yeah. may 2nd what uh, is time what is the, really yeah um so if we're recording this on may 2nd uh with the information that i have in front of me being cautiously optimistic i can say early to mid-june but you know that things changed so much for for me it was it was may 4th a week ago and then it within the course of just the last week it turned from may 4th to may 15th to may 31st like in the course of one week. So um, I don't really think that it's a really worth uh, looking at it hard as like, you know, okay, this is when we'll open. I think I want to get, if we can get a, a date issued by the governor 
uh, and then maybe three days out from that, if it doesn't shift, then maybe we'll start we'll start looking at it. It is a moving target, and I think uh, it's it's got a lot of different parts that all have to fit in before you can reasonably reopen. And, and one of those big parts that I'm concerned about is availability of PPE, mm-hmm. um, availability of PPE for clients, uh, yeah. uh, uh, availability of um, you know staff. Uh, who can come in and you know if a staff staff member has a fever or something you know mm-hmm. even if it's not uh, uh, COVID nineteen it it could be you know anything else but still that means no working it's going to change how we work so much that it's it's really tough to start guessing right now I think that in a couple weeks I'll know when when we'll be opening back up but I don't think we'll know before a couple weeks. Yeah, and, and a lot of it will be based on you know the the guidelines that are laid down that you've got to see uh, these certain things in the community first. You know mm-hmm. these these declination of new cases, these you know uh, projections going down sustainably. Yeah, the the PPE thing. That's so. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there are other people out there that can relate. I've had a different kind of panic attack almost every day. So. It's like it's good to see the rainbow of anxiety where normally my anxiety was pretty limited to the same topics over and over again. But now I get to learn anxieties over all different kinds of things. And I uh, looked into buying face masks in bulk. And then that was a whole day of just like being like, what is life? And, you know, how, 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 you know, Uh, a box of face masks that used to cost me five dollars now are looking at 60 to 65 dollars per box. Um, so I was having the thought process of like, okay, um, even just for the staff members to be able to wear one brand new face mask per day is X amount over X amount of time. And it's like, it, it you know, you got to spend the money, you got to spend the money, whatever. But it's like, can you even order them to spend yeah. the money? You know, can you even find them? Uh, disinfectant. I remember I ordered two cases of Optum, uh, <laughs> the day before we closed, I ordered two cases of Optum. And so that was like, what, seven, seven weeks ago, six weeks, seven weeks ago. Uh, no ETA, not, not to blame anyone because I understand allocation for critical services. I, I completely get that. And I sympathize and I'm not going to whine and be like, why can't I have it? Cause it's like, I understand that somebody else needs it more, but, um, not having really any idea of when I'm going to be able to get this stuff. I think um, jewelry is a huge thing that no one can even really start to plan on because I I think we all have to basically think back to like, okay, what were your stock levels like the day before you closed? And is that stock enough to keep you in business for at least two to three months? Because that might potentially be how long it takes for you to get anything if you can even get it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, one thing that some people are not concerned, and I don't know um, how jewelry companies are preparing for this. I know that they that they are, you know, smart business people who who have safety at the top of their list as well. But like, there's going to be a rush on jewelry as soon as it's available again. Is sure, this going yeah. to throw us into another, you know, another jewelry crunch? Mm-hmm. Uh, there, it, it, and you know, so much of the quality body piercing industry worldwide is dependent on businesses in New York, Washington, and California. 
So how much of us that are, are at a standstill until those three states start resuming some – which are three of the hardest hit states in the country mm-hmm. until they start you know, seeing a little bit of a return to normalcy? Yeah. Um, so it's uh, – yeah, it's there's a lot of interesting moving parts that will have to kind of come into place all at once uh, whenever we reopen. Um, but I'll be here when they do. Mm, yeah. Uh yeah. Well, so what I'm working on right now is ways where I can increase increase efficiency because a lot of the different things that I've been looking at for, uh, you know, contactless elements of the shop are also linked to efficiency. So different kinds of things with digital release forms and different kinds of payment systems, POS systems, invoicing, online consultations. I Again, I think that we're going we're going to be a lot stronger as an industry for this. I think that we're going to have a lot of great logistical capability once everybody is, is close to full speed again. I think we're all going to be much stronger businesses for it because we've had so much time to really think about our process, what's necessary, and what's the cleanest. Uh, so I, I think there could be some some benefits long term. It's terrible right now. And I don't even want to make it sound like it's... I don't want to even minimize it by saying like, you know, oh, it's challenging times because to some people this is like crippling, not just challenging. Um, but I think that I think a lot of us are going to be way stronger for it after. We're all going to be like ready to, to go outside and we're going to be like hungry to just chew it up and spit it out. And I, I think we're going to be ready for it. But nobody has any idea of when we get to go back to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Blah. Blah. Blah, blah. Uh, it's just, I, I'm, I miss my friends, you know, most of my, most (laughs) of my friends friends are, are people that don't live in New Hampshire. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm. Uh, man, I miss tattooers. Let me tell you. You're the only one. I really, uh, yeah, I know it, but I also, (laughs) I work with six phenomenal, fun, good people, tattooers. Yeah. Uh, and I miss, you know, just getting to joke around with them every day and, Mm -hmm. uh, Tell them no when they want to listen to Red Hot Chili Peppers on the radio right. uh, and, you, you know, just goof off and, and kind of that shop family dynamic. Dandyland uh, has absolutely one of the best inner shop dynamics. Uh, I've worked in a lot of different studios, and I, I don't think I've ever worked in a studio that comes close to having the the good vibes dynamic that Dandyland has. And I miss that in my life, you know? Mm-hmm. Well... I guess, you know, Zoom meetings or something. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. None of, none of my shop would want to would want to do that. I try to check in with everybody as often as I can. Um it's it's difficult checking in with them sometimes though because I just I you want to see them cuz they're they're like your family. I mean, they really are. Your like my my shop crew is more of my family than my family is sometimes, you know. Yeah. So, uh yeah, I miss them and uh, even though I'm a pain in their ass and they're a pain in my ass, I, I'm pretty sure we all would happily go back to being annoyed rather than just being at home. Uh, yeah, yeah, I uh, I could see that. I I think it's going to be an interesting return, um, for sure. I miss tacos. I miss like going to the diner next to the shop and getting like breakfast tacos. Mm-hmm. I miss that a lot too, because we used to do like shop breakfast, couple tattoos, the boss me we'd all go grab breakfast at the diner or whatever before work most of the week um so yeah there's a a lot of things like that 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 i'll be excited to return to 
Ooh, sadness. It's starting to creep in. Ah, oh, don't let it, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm trying to stay productive. Um, it's just every day, though. Every day is a different something. Yesterday was a whole thing about New Hampshire. The day before that was a whole thing about PPE. The whole day before that was this and that, and you know, and um, I gotta remember that I have to put I have to put it all down sometimes. Um, and by that, sometimes I literally just mean my phone. I have to put my goddamn phone down because. I, I like to scroll through Facebook and just see cute, you know, gifs and memes and what whatever. Um, but there's just there's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of people uh, really harshly judging people for decisions um, that maybe even they they agree with the decisions, but they don't agree that you know you didn't make the decision soon enough or you didn't make the decision loud enough or or whatever it is. But there's a lot of conversations on Facebook that have just really been bumming me out. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier, where, like, the cynics and stuff, they're speaking from a place of fear right now and uncertainty, just like most of us are. Um, I don't, you know, how anybody behaves online during a pandemic, I try to I try to give them a little bit of wide berth to do so, you know? Oh, sure. Um, but, yeah, a, a lot of it's very silly, too, and naive at best. Well... Um, I think, you know, that's that's a big thing is like not criticizing like we're all in this together. We're all dealing with a very, very tough time. Like, let's not get all up each other's ass because somebody's having to make a different decision than you. You don't live in their community. You don't know their finances. You don't know their family history. You don't know what's going on with them. So, uh, you know, keep your mouth shut. Yeah, I'm trying to do that. When people are pushing to get back to work, I start to think like, well, you know, maybe there's a reason why they need to get back to work and they need to get back to their income base. You know, I don't want to just look at it as all, well, you're you're reckless or this or that because people have lives and decisions. There are people like really good piercers that I know are sending me messages and they're like, my area is not having an outbreak. My hospitals are not taxed. They're not overwhelmed. Like I, I want to be able to get back to work and I believe that I can get back to work safely, but I can't. So... So many people are frustrated for so many reasons. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I really try to empathize, but I also want to kind of try to tell people, like, you don't have to share all of your pain with everyone you know. Um, mm -hmm. And, again, try to try to rev up the people around you. Like, if you're having a bad day, that's a great time to try to reach out and make sure that your friends aren't also having a bad day. You know, maybe talk to them and... Try to brighten them up a little bit, even if you can't brighten yourself up a little bit. Uh, it, what's funny is uh, I, I do a lot of politicking online uh, in different groups and stuff, and there are people in those groups who are diametrically opposed to me in every single way who are checking up on me regularly. Mm -hmm. uh, but you don't you don't hear much from piercers. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's kind of, you know, obviously some piercers are my friends and the board of directors are all checking in with each other a lot and stuff. And, and that's happening. But the amount of support that I've received from people outside this community through social media has been fantastic. Well, that's good. Uh, How about you, Buzz? You doing OK? Other than the, you know, constant anxiety? Oh, no, no, I'm doing terrible. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm trying to soldier through it. Right. Um, I, I'm trying to keep the perspective of, I need to realize that Ryan is fine. Like I'm fine. Um, the, the thing that stresses me out are the stresses of, from the people that I care about. Like that's the, that's the weight that I carry. You know, I worry about 
what's going on with Lola. I worry about what's going on with the tattooers at my shop. I worry about, you know, I worry about my friends and my family and, and that stuff. And that's the stuff that keeps me up at night. Um, if, if there wasn't a quarantine and I had the exact same lifestyle pattern right now, I'd be loving it. Like I'm, I'm basically living my retirement dream right now. I'm just being left alone in a house with ample Wi-Fi, and I can do whatever I want. I can see that a lot. I keep reminding myself of the same thing that, uh, you know, I'm fine. I'm, uh, gratefully my wife is still able to work from home. Um, and at the end of the day, like, uh, yeah, there's a song by Hank Williams Sr. called A Country Boy Can Survive. Like, I don't have to worry about putting food on my table or a roof over my head or anything like that. And so a lot of my stress and anxiety is for people um, that I know, even, you know, like my neighbors and stuff that uh, are probably going crazy with their kids at home and, you know, might not be able to work anymore because they have to watch those kids or the industry wondering about my friends who have new studios or that work in studios that are not super financially stable. Uh, that anxiety for other people can shine through in a big way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, everything sucks and everything's terrible, but everything sucks and everything's terrible for pretty much everybody. So we all need to just kind of look at it as uh, teamwork to get through it. And, you know, don't, don't think about how these impacts, uh, th these issues impact you and only you, like going back to conference. Um, it wasn't about how it impacts you or if you, uh, agree or disagree with any of that stuff. Like you have to look at the, the community and, um, I don't know, whatever. Absolutely. I don't know. I don't even know what point I'm trying to make, but, um, yeah, everything sucks, but it's not going to suck forever. That's right. That's absolutely right. So for the people that uh, were already registered for conference, I, I'm sure that emails went out. I know that I, I got those emails. Uh, what, what's the process if people need to get refunds or roll over? Like what are what are people's options if they're already registered? Uh, we will roll over or uh, refund um, depending on what your needs and your wants are. Uh, the if you booked in the hotel room block, Planet Hollywood should be processing your refunds uh, pretty quickly here uh, if it hasn't already happened. Um, we're trying to make it as smooth and easy for everybody as possible. We know how stressed everybody is, and we're wanting to make it something that they don't have to stress about. Mm. Uh, I don't know all the ins and outs because it's not my department, but if you need help or if you haven't seen a refund or whatever, feel free to reach out to me, and I will put you in touch with the right person. Very sweet. Very compassionate. Uh, so, you know, thanks for what you and the board and the officers and the administrator and everybody has, has done you know, if you were one of those people out there who was trying to kind of uh, make a difficult situation more difficult, try to step back and realize that these are these are people and these are volunteers doing all this work. Um, and you can put that call out there and say, like, if you don't like or agree with something, get involved, volunteer your own time to be to be part of the solution or get um, a hobby. Yeah, or get, a, or get a hobby or just sign off a goddamn Facebook and go out and live your life. Um right. But uh, other than that, you know, I just want to say uh, thanks to you, um, all the volunteers, all the staff, all the all the people who were preparing classes for conference that uh, you know they're they're potentially not going to be teaching now. Uh, a lot of a lot of hard work behind the scenes, and uh, it's definitely not 
wasted because it was all positive energy to, to put out into the Piercer universe. But uh, I, I really appreciate everybody's hard work. Yeah, yeah. Any work in the name of education is not wasted work. Yeah. Well, uh, anything else you want to plug or mention? Uh, you know, I don't think so off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, so what do you, what, what you said you're playing League of Legends? Are you playing anything else yeah. that, like a, adults play or? Ah, funny. Um, let me think here. I've been playing, there's a new like Gears of War tactics game mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's really good. So I've been playing a little bit of that, but no, it's mostly been a uh, raging out on League of Legends. Since you left me. Uh, I'm sorry, man. I couldn't do that console life your, anymore. For your PC Master Race. One day, I'm going to have you in a nice PC, and then we'll be PC Master Racing it together. Not at all likely, but I appreciate your gusto. Mm-hmm. It's gusto? Whatever. Mucho gusto. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's it. My brain that's is it? out. I'm, bra- okay. I'm, I'm out of brain. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, thanks for being here. Any social media or APP contact stuff you want to say? Uh, yeah, if you need anything from me, uh, my email is secretary at safepiercing.org. Um, you can also find my political shit posting on Facebook or pictures of my dogs on Instagram, WDE Pollock. Boom. War damn eagle. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you later, bud. Tell Joe I say hi. I will. Thanks, buddy. Love you. Love you. All right. Thanks for talking to me, Aaron. I know you're a busy guy, so I appreciate your time. Uh, There's a little bit of noise in the background. I apologize for that, but I've gotten back into my hobby of 3D printing lately. It's really nice to uh, spend the time on, on something creative and something where you actually have like a physical thing produced at the end. So it's, it's been pretty fun, a pretty fun hobby. Uh, I'm certainly going to miss conference this year. It's not like I would even try to, to lie or cover that up. Conference is usually the highlight of my year, and I think it is for a lot of other body piercers. You get to see your friends from all around the world, people that you have a, a deep connection that you, that you can't sometimes even articulate because it's all about passion. You know, we have these shared interests, these share, shared career goals. So, you know, we see our friends, we see our colleagues. Uh, and it, it's really it's a lot of validation uh, watching people's hard work pay off uh, at, at conference. So keep in mind that it's only postponed. There's just no conference 2020, but uh, there's going to be a, a conference next year, and we're all going to be able to to get back together at the Splash Bar and and say hi. So I want to remind you all about the uh, the special limited edition merch from Jim Ward that was to be released at conference, but is now going to get released at runningthegauntlet-book.com. The pre-order for those special hankies and shirts will only be open until May 17th. So as this episode publishes, you only have about one to two weeks to get your order in. So go ahead and do that. Right now it's U.S. only shipping. So if you're outside of the U.S., uh, talk to a U.S. piercer friend. Have your order sent to them, and they'll forward it on to you. Really important to support people right now, uh, especially Jim Ward. Uh, gave so much of himself to this industry, and I think it's really important that we show our appreciation and, and uh, try to pay a little bit of that, that back to him. Uh, I just want to say one last thank you to uh, Aaron Pollock for making me a really nice playlist on Spotify. Uh, I love Spotify playlists, and Aaron made one for me called Songs of the South. So uh, appreciate you, bud. I appreciate that one very much. 
do some stuff for your friends make a playlist uh, suggest a movie that they might like or just hang out with them on zoom or something uh, it's pretty lonely out there you want to make sure that your friends know that they're cared for and that there's somebody thinking about them and I, I really appreciated uh, Aaron thinking about me and taking the time to make that playlist so thanks I'll be back next week with another episode not sure exactly what it's going to be but got plenty of time on my hands so I'll make something for you for more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.